Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. I know many of you out there are, maybe you're getting on or you're just back from flights going on holidays, but what's acceptable or unacceptable behaviour on a plane? Is it ever okay to ask people to swap seats? Do you take your shoes off? Do you take your socks off? Please tell me no. Well, we sent our reporter Ella Corcoran out in the streets of Dublin this morning to ask people what's acceptable behaviour on a flight. I think my biggest pet peeve is when people like push their seats all the way back on a long flight. Your legs are all smushed up and you're like, we Irish people are kind of awkward. We don't want to like say, you know, like we don't want to say, sorry, can you like just pull your seat forward a bit because you don't want to offend people. Crime babies. I know they can't do anything about that. But sometimes if it's like a night flight, it's like, oh, be quiet, please. Or probably just airplane food if it smells awful. It always makes you feel sick. I go over back to Devon a lot and it's only an hour so by the time you get your cup of coffee five minutes later they're coming back to collect the empties and you're not finished so you're trying to drink it really really quickly to give it back. Yeah I totally agree with that first listener. People who put their seats back particularly in short flights totally unnecessary and completely inconsiderate. 087 106 is the WhatsApp number. Uh, Kirsty Blake Knox was writing about this in The Independent recently. Kirsty, is it ever acceptable to ask people to swap seats? Well, I think it depends. Like, I, I know everyone's had a sweet, uh, seat swap horror story. Um, I know someone who did it once, uh, a couple asked and they moved to the new seat and someone got sick on them. So I think everyone's had a disaster happen. But I think sometimes it is okay. I know I have been that awful person, um, asking someone to fail swap seats. I was on a flight and, um, it, but it wasn't like it was really kind of, um, practical the reasons why it was just my partner had to book. A different flight home so we weren't able to get the seats together we booked at the same time but when he went to get his it did that thing like it's timed out and you have to start the process again so um so we weren't t- sitting together and then I asked the lady who was in the same rows if she would move and she said no and that was fine um I wondered though if she did regret it because I was traveling with the one and the three-year-old which I can't imagine was terribly relaxing for her so I think it depends, but, and I think if it's kids, it's slightly different. Um, but I know it's really contentious and a lot of people are very opinionated about it and why it's absolutely something you should never do. Um, but like I said, it was a last resort for us and we'd emailed the airline and they had told us that it was something we'd have to do at the gate. And then when we got to the gate, they said, no, you just have to ask the person yourself. So so sometimes it's it's kind of, it isn't that someone's just being a bit cheeky and, uh, and you know, chancing their arm. It really is that they've kind of gone through all the steps, but this is the last resort type of thing. What reaction did you get, Kirsty? From the woman, she was just, like, I kind of, like, I was a bit surprised because if someone came up to me, if I was sitting in a row with a, with a baby and a toddler for, uh, it was like a two-hour flight uh, or thereabouts, and someone said, do you want the option not to have to sit down next to this baby and toddler? I think I'd jump at it because yeah. they're pretty loud and like you know there's a lot of movement and like toys and like snacks everywhere so I was surprised that she said no but I didn't push it because like it's totally her kind of um you know her right to say no and everything like that but I do I do seriously wonder if she if she did regret it kind of like an hour and a half in when when my toddler was like shouting and kind of (laughs) because they're not the best like kids aren't don't always 
behave as they should on a flight. So I, I wonder if she did maybe regret the decision at a later stage um, when, when we were flying. What sort of a seat though were you offering her? Like was she getting a better seat? It was it was, it was a window seat, but it was further okay. down the plane. It was like seven seven rows back. So my partner was it was she was sitting in a window seat. My partner was at a window seat, but seven seven uh, rows back. So I think. I don't know, some people are very particular about where they sit in the plane. They like to be near the front so they can get out early or some people are just nervous flyers. So it's not something when she said, no, it was very definite. Um, And I think in those situations, you can't push it. Like, you know, you can't start demanding. No. Why not? You know, see, I, I think I'd be that girl. I, I I wouldn't I probably wouldn't move if I'm honest unless I was getting a better seat and in this instance if it was the option between the middle middle seat uh, or a window down the back I'd 100% jump with that yeah fair trade yeah, she was, I know she, like, so like I mean it was it was like I said it was going from a window to a window but it was further down the, the, the plane but like I online like sometimes people get very kind of irate about it because they think it's you know Especially when it comes to families, if they kind of request it, they think, oh, they're just doing this because it's a cheaper way to get a flight. And then you're kind of emotionally pressurizing people into it. And But I, I have to say, I think in most cases, it, it is just a practicality thing. Like for us, it was that my, my partner was flying home on a different day. So like I said, we just, when we went to book, hit the seat that he'd planned to buy right next to us had gone. And yeah, I think it wasn't like you were trying to dodge... Uh, paying for the seat or buying the seat you were, it was just they weren't available and in this instance uh, the yeah, passenger was I, getting a better seat let's be honest exactly I think like, and I think sometimes that happens with um, like it, it. sometimes if you're travelling as a family it can get quite expensive so I do know sometimes families split the cost across two cars so I think it's like stuff like that I think there's usually a practical explanation I don't think it's that like Families are like, mwahaha, you know, I'm going to really... I have children, you have to move. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I, I don't think it's kind of that, uh, thought, that like, thought out in advance. I think it's it, genuinely, a lot of the time, definitely for me, it was a real, real last resort type of thing. Yeah. I, I'm really interested in chatting to other people um, about this today as well, Kirsty, and, and the other things that people witness on flights, you know, like yeah. aside, like, I don't know what it is with people thinking it's acceptable to take your shoes off, but it is absolutely 100% totally unacceptable for people oh, yeah. to sit th- with bare feet. I, I know, I think it's just take their socks off. It's, it's, so, uh, it's so, it's so kind of... I don't think anyone should be that kind of laid back and comfortable on a flight. Don't take your socks off. I, there's like horror stories of people like clipping their toenails and like oh, their eyebrows on flights. And you've just got to be conscious of like people's personal space. Um, you know, and I also kind of have seen people do like those, you know, the sheet face masks on flights, which um, is a really... <laughs> scary thing to wake up to so maybe think about the passenger next to you and what their response would be if they turned around and they see someone wearing those those sheet face masks which I kind of think almost look like like a Freddy Krueger type of mask so um so yeah there's things like that that you kind of really have to to factor in uh when when you're when you're flying but I definitely yeah. think any sort of body maintenance is a, is a no <laughs> Imagine, imagine we have to imagine that you have to talk about you know whether or not um, basic body maintenance is something that's acceptable on a flight. It's just absolutely incredible that people think that there's just things like cutting your toenails that, that that's acceptable to do. Kathy is with I us know. as well. Kathy, what are the things that annoy you on flights? 
Um, well, to be honest, I suppose the usual stuff, you know, people putting their feet back or kicking the back of your chair. But um, thankfully, I haven't been scared off by the face mask scenario yet. But the thing that drives me absolutely potty is, now, I love kids, don't get me wrong, but families bring their kids on the flight, flight. And like on the bus, okay, fair enough, they have to keep them occupied. But like, what's wrong with a set of headphones? And you're listening to Mickey Mouse for like three hours across the water, you know what I mean? At full blast on the loudspeaker from what it, the tablets or whatever. On, this on is people not mode. bringing headphones, Kathy, is it? Yeah, yeah. And just like literally watching movies out loud on the movie, yeah. on the, the, the telephones or whatever. I'm like, seriously, on what planet is that acceptable? It's the same on the buses, you know, having the full-blown conversations or the WhatsApp first thing in the morning. Uh, doing their FaceTimes or whatever it might be. And you're like, I seriously don't want to listen to this. But definitely, uh, the other thing then is people, they might be sitting ahead of you or front of you, behind you, having a full-blown conversation. And I don't know whether it's because their ears are blocked or, or what's going on. <laughs> it's like, you'd hear them at the front of the uh, of the airplane. I'm sure the pilot hears them. And you hear, absolutely, I, I had a full, full uh, conversation. I was flying back from Prague earlier on in the year. And I knew absolutely every intimate detail of this woman and how she met this guy and what it was like for them, you know, between the sheets to keep it polite. You got the whole details, um, did you, Cathy? Oh, the whole, absolutely, absolutely <laughs> everything. She was sitting in front of me and, um, you know, where they go and what they do and how long they're married. And, oh, listen, there was no detail I didn't know about this woman by the time I got off the plane. I just went... Like, I, I, I honestly, my, I scratch my head. What part of, you know, keeps some of your own business to yourself? Uh, but it's definitely the volume. I think everybody's gone deaf. There's no concept of just talking at a level where, you know, just the person next door hears you. Yeah, well, I'm always accused of being well projected anyway. But I mean, I don't understand why people can't bring headphones with them, particularly oh, on a flight. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and you're listening. I mean, you've got one person having a, you know, a kind of a, uh, we'd say a Mickey Mouse with the kids. And then you have somebody else watching a movie and you have somebody else, whatever, uh, or listening to, to music or whatever it might be. Kirsty, I, I, mean, I, I hope I have Kirsty's here too, Kathy, as well. Kirsty, I hope you um, I hope you're you're not guilty of not having headphones. Well, I'll say this. So my three-year-old will wear headphones if we're putting, uh, if she's looking at a tablet, but our one-year-old won't. So in those, like she just won't wear them. She hates them. So in those situations, if we have the volume up, we never have it up really, really loud. But if it's up, it's like, which it's a lesser of two evils. Like, which would you rather hear, Mickey Mouse or a baby crying for, for, for 45 minutes or an hour or whatever. So um, so I think like in, in most of the scenarios when it comes to like parents traveling with kids, and I know I'm biased because I have young kids and I, I've, I've obviously gone on holidays with them. They want their kids to be quietly content. Like that's the ideal state. If they aren't in that, it's usually like not something that they're like they're usually stressed about that like anytime I've been on a flight and my kid is like no I don't want to listen to that or starts getting upset I'm not kind of like laid back about that and like oh god what can you do like I'm usually like oh my god as the most stressed person there so I think it's never indifferent when parents are in that situation I think sometimes people read it as that they're they're usually the most stressed out person if a baby's crying on a plane the parents are the people who are going to be most worried about that and most 
uh, kind of like feel the most kind of societal pressure to get them to calm down. So, so I think sometimes they're a bit hard on um, on on mums and dads when they're when they're in those situations. Are you, you being know? hard, Kathy, and the mums and dads here? No, and you know what? It's lovely to hear what you're saying because you're obviously uh, a parent that does care. Now, in fairness, if a baby was crying, I'd never... I mean, a baby can't help that. That wouldn't bother me in the slightest. Okay, it, it, you know, it can get on your, your nerves a little bit, but that's just what they do. But likewise, you're really conscientious that having the volume, it's the volume. Like, fair enough. Again, a little one-year-old, maybe they can't wear, you know, headphones comfortably. That's absolutely perfectly fine. But it's the volume. Like, really, honestly, you you are genuinely very, obviously, considerate and whatever. But honestly, I have listened even on buses. And it's like full throttle. And you're kind of going, these kids are going to be deaf by the time they're eight. Because they're, because they're so mean? loud, yeah. There's a yeah, text text yeah. in here from a listener because I'm asking people to get in touch about the um, the unacceptable things you've witnessed people do while on flights. This texter says, I've no idea why they allow seats and planes to recline anyway. It causes such tension when a per- person actually does this. Um, they should cut out the option to do it. This texter takes total issue with me. When I'm on a long flight, I always take my shoes off. It makes me so much more comfortable and far more likely to sleep. I don't have smelly feet, Andrea. So who is it harming? It's harming me. I don't want to sit beside somebody who has taken, like, whatever about taking your shoes off, but you, it's totally unacceptable. Totally unacceptable to take your socks off and put your feet up on the seat beside a complete stranger in the seat beside you. I don't know how people think that's acceptable to do that. Another listener says, I had a woman who sat beside me who did her makeup and her hair throughout the entire flight. She had her stuff all over the place. Her hair was being brushed into my lap. So invasive and unhygienic, says Sam. Caroline's on the line. Caroline, what have you witnessed? Yeah, hi there, Andrea. Yeah, a few years ago, I was flying back from New York to Shannon and um, it was, you know, an evening flight, which is, is the usual. And just after the meal service, we were all settling down to relax and go to sleep. And the lady in front of me draped her long hair over my headrest. Now, it was almost from in front of yeah, in front, in front of yeah, you, Carly. The, the seat in front. Yeah, yeah. And I was just amazed by the lack of awareness. I mean, she was encroaching on my personal space and she didn't seem to be one bit bothered about it. So I just leaned out to the side and I said, excuse me, could you please kindly remove your hair from my tray table? And uh, she shrugged. She didn't say anything. She just shrugged indifferently and she pulled her hair back up. But the the very fact that I had to say that to her, you know, that, that she had that such lack of awareness that she was encroaching on somebody else. You know, I, I just think there is a general lack of awareness sometimes with people traveling. They just don't realize what they're doing or the consequences of those kinds of actions on, on people in such a tiny little space like a plane. And it's not like she didn't know that her hair well, was draping down over know, like yeah exactly i mean it was long blonde hair of course it's it's uh you know not just going to sit on top of the headrest it's just going to drape down over it so that's one thing that really really annoys me i mean it's only happened once but i just think you know yeah. it's, it's it's really annoying and there's another thing that really gets to me come on get people, it off your chest today Carly. I, I i have to yes when people start getting up from their seats before the plane has stopped i mean they're scrambling like you know, a herd of wild animals pulling down the overhead luggage. It's like they're they're in you know sheer panic that they're not going to get off the plane. And I I just sit there thinking we're all going to get off. You know, we're, one or two minutes is not going to make or break things. I mean, you know, it, it, yeah. I just don't understand that. 
I totally agree with you. Do, do you ever notice that as well, Cathy? The people who are sitting in aisle like 21 and 20, you stand up yeah. first thinking they're going to run past everybody else to get to the top of the flight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or the, the um, taking the bags down and before you know it, you're getting a whack of a strap off here and a, a, a jumper or a jacket uh, in your eye or whatever it might be. I honestly don't get it. I just sit there and I laugh. I always get a window seat now because I kind of go, I just don't really need your bag straps in my face, thanks very much. And I just sit there and wait till everybody gets off. But yeah, it's like even don't turn on your mobile phones and, uh, you know, until the flight has made a complete stop or whatever. And for the you know before you know it, it's like beep 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 beep. beep. I don't know what it is. People, it's it's the same as the supermarket though. You know, it's like that person pushing up behind you, so they're somehow going to get through the queue quicker if they push through you. You know, um, it's, yeah, that's it's, that's the hazard on yeah, an airplane. It's it's the headphones. I can tell that's really aggravates people. There's another text in here as well from listener Sarah. She says I was on a flight recently beside two children. The parents were in the row behind me. They didn't even sit with the kids or divide them, so I was stuck with them. They played the yeah. games and the videos in their tablet without headphones throughout the entire flight. They were throwing food all over the place. It was a complete nightmare. Couldn't believe the parents didn't take a row and a child in each. I was fit to scream, says Sarah. I mean, that, yeah. I would just assume that most yeah. would, have, would, have, would have split yeah. them. Uh, this texter says, there is clear etiquette when it comes to armrests. You should only use one if you were beside somebody the one on your right. It's always the armrest on your right. The amount of people who think that they're entitled to use both armrests is shocking, says this texter. I I, I have to say, I disagree with that. I think that the person in the middle seat gets monopoly on the armrest because they can't lean to the left left or the right. Whereas if you're on the aisle seat, you can lean to one way and if you can in the window, you can lean the other. But I think if you're in the middle, you you get the two armrests. I think think that's the way it goes. Fair game for both. I have another one that would drive you absolutely potty on that front. I'm tiny. And I was saying to your researcher, this happens to me on the buses as well, right? Where I will inevitably on a bus end up with the tallest, widest person who gravitates towards me. Because I figure, you know, we're going to get more space on the seat or whatever. That's fine. But on an airplane, I actually had an experience one time with this guy. He must have been about six foot three or four. Very, very large um, gentleman, right? Um, and he said to me when he sat down, maybe if we lift up the armrest, I, I'd have a bit more room because you don't really need all your seat. What? I remember looking at this guy going, are you for real? Anyway, the next thing, the jacket came off and the bag and the scarf and the hat and the... And for some reason, he... Again, it's a, it's a space thing. You just remember this, actually, if somebody else brought it up. And he started putting his, like, bags of junk under my seat. You know where your feet go and stuff? They say store underneath your yeah. seat or whatever. So your man, like, sort of, he was only short of making a picnic on my lap, you know. But he genuinely went as far as to say, if we lifted up this seat between us or this armrest between us, um, I could move over a bit because you don't need all your seats. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, it's people. People in armrests are incredible. But I totally agree yeah. with the first person today about pushing the seat back in front of you. People are not happy that I've suggested you shouldn't take your socks off either on a flight. Yeah. I mean, I would have just like whatever. If you're wearing sandals or flip flops, fine, but keep them on. It's the putting your feet, your bare feet, up on on the seat that's now yeah. your feet are over onto somebody else's seat as well. We're talking about what's acceptable and unacceptable behaviour from passengers on flights. 1800 453 106 is the number. Uh, this texter, Aidan, says, On a flight recently, the girl next to me took out a foundation compact and makeup brush. By the time she was finished her makeup, there was 
a coating of foundation floating across my glass of wine, according to Aidan. Catherine is with us on the line. Catherine, what's unacceptable in your books? Oh, many things. <laughs> Andrea, good afternoon. How are you? No, um, I, I tell you, you know, this, what I think one of your listeners um, was saying that, you know, a child or adult, uh, you know, a person will start kicking the back of um, the seat. Now, that is really irritating for me, you know. So usually what I would do is, you know, I some, I wear glasses when I'm reading. Uh, I turned around and I sort of looked at the child, and that was a child, uh, well, child, 12 years or whatever, and um, I I just looked and, I, you know, my daughter says to me, Mom, will you stop looking like that? And I, I, I said, I'm just looking at her. Apparently, I have the look you know that you know you don't have to say any words. Like yeah. I just sort of looked. Good side and that eye. That was it. I mean, what? You, you have a good yeah. side eye. You can just give people yeah. a. But I, I tell you, another time I was. You know, I'm. I can be nervous sometimes, particularly if you know there are a lot of turbulence. You know, so I. I, I keep as quiet as possible, you know, d- quietly saying my prayers, promising God that I'll be good for the rest of my life if everything lands properly and I'm, I'm, I'm okay, you know. So, anyway, I was, you know, just, we were sort of uh, traveling along and this man beside me now, he was very quiet. He was reading his book and you know, the whole plane seemed to be quiet because I think we were sort of concentrating on these um, turbulence and all the rest of it. And suddenly this man who was very quiet now, all through, you know, from Paris to maybe halfway to Ireland, and um, he jumped. He, he, he made this horrific jump and noise. And I turned around to him and I gave him such a clatter. Now, this was now purely instinct. I mean, I certainly, I'm not violent, you know, but I got such a fright. I said to him, Jesus, what's wrong with you, you know? And um, he said to me, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm just, my ears have popped and um, I'm, 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 I'm just like that, you know? So I said, you, oh, you're okay, you're okay. Yeah, you know? nothing, but, nothing too, I mean, nothing, I nothing too turned serious. Around and gave the man, I won't say a class, or, you know, sort of my, on his arm, like I said, a little, a little you, you know, and um, so, yeah, I'm, 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 um, I've had, with the experience of sort of, I've never experienced that, people taking off their shoes and socks, Yeah, you know? well, it's, 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 um, it's definitely, it's definitely an issue for, for people, I can tell you on the text line today. There's another listener who says, there was a guy behind me in a Ryanair flight and he had his bare feet on my armrest was rotten. I decided to be passive aggressive and I sprayed it with my duty-free cologne. He pulled the feet back fairly rapid, says this listener. John and Limerick says, we were on a flight to Krakow a few years ago. A granny with a very badly behaved three or four-year-old kept feeding him chocolate and soft drinks. Constantly jumped up and down on a seat and eventually went totally quiet. He then stood, reached over the headrest and vomited on the passengers in front of him. Another text during a flight recently, a woman put her long hair back over our seat. My eight-year-old daughter flicked her hair back over. The person looked back and laughed. That was the end of it. Liam was on the line. Liam, what's unacceptable in your eyes? Well, there's plenty of things unacceptable, but um, the one at worst, we were on a flight once from Florida up to Georgia, and um, we we were late a day because um, our flight out was delayed because the fella putting on the food 
of the forklift into the side of the plane. So 40 of us all got a free night, several hundred of us got a free night in the Burlington Hotel. But so obviously coming back, we're a day late. And uh, obviously the reserved seating that we had on the flights the day before were no use to us on this flight. So I was way down the back of the plane, but my wife was just past the bulkhead from first class into like the economy. Yeah. And uh, there, was, there was this big, rather rotund American gentleman sat in between my wife's seat and my 18-month-old daughter's seat. So uh, I asked him, would he move? And he says, uh, I said, you know, I, you know, you can go either way. No, he's at a bulkhead seat, right? So wherever he moved, he still had loads of leg room. You know, mm. that's obviously why he wanted that. And he just sort of says, yeah, I don't think so. Just said <laughs> so, no, wouldn't move. No, so no, just flat out. So I just strapped Bridie in and said, well, now down, you sit down there with mommy. And if you need to get sick, you just puke on this gentleman oh, beside stop, you. Liam. <laughs> Except I, I didn't say gentlemen. I think the word began with a C, but like I wouldn't say that on the radio. Yeah. And uh, I went off down to the back of the plane and, and it wasn't long change. And it was ridiculous because he only had to move left or right. We weren't asking him to, to give up where he was sat, just to move either to the seat on his left or the seat on the right so that, you know, an 18-month-old and a mammy could be together. Yeah. Where I went down the back, I was, at, I was sat amongst about 40 Jehovah's Witnesses on their way to a convention and... The two boys either side of me, you couldn't ask them to move. They just talked to each other all through it. Okay. <laughs> so well, I, I would there, have but... assumed in that case that maybe the, the gentleman at the front would have, you know, wouldn't even want to sit in, in between the 18-month-old baby and, you know, and your wife that he, he would well, get up exactly. and, and It's just rife for disaster, isn't it? <laughs> like, There's a text... The best will in the world is there could be tears, there could be tantrums, that could be all sorts. Yeah, there's a text in here from a listener and, like, a man was cutting his toenails on a flight and part of it hit a woman's face. Like, I just don't understand how people think it's acceptable to cut your toenails. Like, basic body maintenance on a flight, on a packed flight in front of people. How do people think that this is acceptable? Paul is with us too. Paul, what have you witnessed? It's, it's just me, Andrew. It is indeed, yeah. Andrew, I haven't witnessed anything. I have something coming down the line that's going to, that's going to be a future. That's going to be a future um, uh, complaint for people. Since the 30th of June, um, there's a European directive saying that all flights within Europe um, are required to have Wi-Fi on board, open Wi-Fi, which means people will be talking, you know, when people are talking on their phones, they're talking louder and louder and louder. And I think that's going to be a, 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 an arc for people. Conversations on WhatsApp and video calls the whole way in the flight. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a thing. In, um, the flight mode is not mandatory on flights anymore since the thirtieth of June. Now I haven't been on a flight since the thirtieth of June. I'm actually going on one on Sunday, and I'm just wondering. I'm just looking forward to seeing is uh, I actually got it turned on. You know. Yeah, like it's the phone. The phones are very problematic for people who don't have yeah. headphones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even, even, even the people in, in normal days in a pub listen to someone shouting on the phone. Imagine on a, on a flight and there's five or six or ten people talking on the phone at the same time, you know? Yeah, imagine a video call on a long yeah, flight yeah. and no headphones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, te- te- text in from Eamon here as well. He says, I was flying back from the UK a few years ago. I always book an aisle seat because I'm a big man. The couple sat, a couple sat, uh, a couple sat beside me. The man sat in the middle, his wife sat at the window. I fell asleep, started snoring. 
The lady reached across to her husband, shook me and slapped my arm. She explained that my snoring was upsetting her concentration while she was trying to read her book. Her husband was absolutely mortified. Brian has got in touch to say, we wouldn't be having this conversation 10 years ago before airlines conned us into having to pay for seat selection. Seats were allocated and couples and families sat together. We've been made antisocial and hostile. Uh, It's an issue caused by airline greed, according to Brian. Phil is on the line as well. Phil, what have you witnessed on flights? So I just wanted to tell you about two incidents of uh, alcohol-fueled air rage that I saw over the years. So the the first one was in a a 12-hour flight from Tokyo. And this goes back quite a number of years now to the days when they used to give you almost unlimited quantities of alcohol on long-haul flights. So I was sitting there in, in, I think it must have been a premium economy cabin of some kind, because it was fairly small. This guy I noticed uh, just a little bit ahead of me. And he was drinking whiskey, and so he kept getting a refill after refill after refill. And eventually, the cabin crew decided that he'd probably had enough. He was, I mean, he was fairly quiet, but, you know, he was drinking an awful lot. So they, they refused him. And, and uh, eventually, he got up, and he went back to the, uh, the, the station, and uh, he started getting aggressive with the, uh, the cabin crew. And he ended up being uh, cable tied, and uh, he, was, he spent the rest of the flight on the floor. And so when we arrived into Heathrow, um, the cops came and uh, escorted him off. That was my, my first Very dramatic, of, Phil. Of, 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 of air rage, alcohol-induced. The second one was on a flight, I think it was probably to Budapest uh, a few years ago. And uh, full flight, I think there were three women who were traveling together, and they were obviously going for a good time. They'd had a few drinks before they got on the plane. And again, they were ordering, you know, first round and then the second round. I think they might have had three rounds of drinks. And they started getting quite obnoxious with the people who were sitting in front of them because they were very, very loud and obstreperous and so on. And eventually they ended up actually pouring a drink on top of the, the person in front of them who was absolutely outraged and so on. So it was yeah. a big confrontation. But I think those, those, those women walked off the flights at Budapest and nobody said boo to them. So, you know, no ground ha- none of the ground staff or no one no, on the flight. Nobody confronted them. Yeah, yeah. So those are my two experiences. Yeah, well, and, you've and had two fairly dramatic, by all accounts, experiences, Phil. They were indeed, yeah, yeah. But also, while I'm talking to you, I had a bugbear as well. And it's not about the other passengers, it's about the airline. And one of the things I've noticed is, is particularly the, the low fares airlines have this tendency to, uh, to get everybody to come to the gate, go through the process, and then wait on the tarmac outside the airplane for maybe up to half an hour, 45 minutes. While they deplane the the plane that's just come in, clean it, mm. and you could be in bad cold weather or very very yeah. hot weather, and they just leave you standing out there for yeah. thirty forty five minutes, and I just think that's just not on, you know. Experience that myself for sure. Oh eight seven fourteen hundred one zero six is the WhatsApp number. I want to hear about the things that you've witnessed, whether it's the acceptable or unacceptable behaviour that people think is okay on flights. You can let me know eighteen hundred four five three one zero six if you want to give us a call. Either uh, Phil, thanks a million for getting in touch with us today as well on the show. Lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan weekdays at midday on News Talk.